This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, voted Best Tour and Transport Operator in the New South Wales Tourism Awards. If you want to know why they're award-winning, why not check out one of their great beer experiences, like their half-day or full-day tours of Canberra. You know, for the longest time, Canberra has been known for two things. Legal fireworks and... Oh, no, I can't mention that second thing, can I? Um... Uh, Questacon? Let's say Questacon. But it should be known for three things, really. And that third thing is its ever-expanding beer scene. So if you'd like to check out the great beers of the nation's capital, book a tour now at daves.com.au. Sessionable. Alrighty, guys. Welcome to Sessionable. Uh, it's Liam here, and um, I'm flying solo with the Sessionable crew today, sitting here in Canberra, but I've got some awesome guys to join me. So I'm sitting here, uh, we're at the back of Capital Brewing Company, sitting here in Canberra. Um, there's a bit of construction going on, it's a bit of hive of activity, but it's um, it's going to be a good one. So yeah, so um, who have we got here, guys? Uh, Lawrence. I do a, a number of different things. <laughs> I don't know I've got one defined role. But, um, the master of everything. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got John, and I'm a sales manager for us based out here in Canberra. Yeah, and you look over the country? Yeah, so look after the country. Pretty much at the moment, we're really sort of focusing on Canberra, Sydney, Newcastle, and you know, that's sort of as, as national as we get. We, yeah. you know, we do sell a little bit outside of that if there's anyone really, really interested in, in our beers. Cool. So. And lucky last. And I'm Joe, um, Sydney sales, events, business development, Brand ambassador. So, guys, um, it's actually my first time here at Capital, and I've got to say, I've been pretty blown away by the um, by the size of what's going on here. Um, I guess sometimes when you're in another state, you see the beers around, but you don't really get a chance to have a scale of um, the operation here. Um, how long have you by, have you been going for now? Yeah, so we, Tom and I, and a couple other people started the business about a year and maybe two years ago, Gypsy Brewing. Yeah. And then about a year and a bit ago, we started here at Derry Road and we started with three 50-heck um, tanks and our 26-heck brew house. And then as we hit capacity with that very quickly, we added on a couple of hundred-heck tanks and then we hit capacity again and a couple more Jeez. hundreds. And now we're at, we started at 15... 15,000 litres, and I think now we're at 75,000 litres in tanks. Wow. And, yeah, it's a lot of it's, you know, the local market here has been super supportive of us, and we've also been getting great uptake in Sydney. Like, the Sydney people mm. have been really into yeah, it, yeah. and that's been super cool. So we've just sort of progressively just grown the tanks as we've gone along, and it's been really fun. And was was there a hard... Uh, was it hard to find the space when you're coming here to Derry Road? Was, there, was it a long ordeal to find the right space, or was it something that came quite easily to you or yeah we were looking at different spaces around town and then this space kind of just came to us um, yeah through, we were running like a craft beer venue in the city mm-hmm. and so we knew the building owner and it just happened they were starting to lease spaces out here and we were really dubious as to whether it would work as a tap room and we'd planned everything really around wholesale and mm. and the local community's really gotten behind it as like their local tap room and we're getting a lot of people through here, enjoying the beer and yeah. getting around it, which is cool. And I remember when I, well, you first told me going out into into Fishwick, you know, I'd, I'd seen the beers around. I, I, <laughs> the George, like my local pub that I go to, had this awesome handmade capital sign that I think you knocked up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, in my shed. Adding that yeah. to the list of what you do now, yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like I was like 
like this this company's like banging on the marketing the way everything's going and then like I was like excited here in the brewery coming I heard it was going to Fishwick and I was like Ooh, this week. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, okay, you know, and it's like it took a, it took a little while for me to sort of you know, really sort of realize how close everything is in Canberra. Like, yeah, you, know, you think it's a long way here. You only got to go to Sydney for one 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 day and come back and realize it's not. It's no, but it's yeah. like, what, like ten minutes out of the CBD, right? Yeah. Like, um, but was that a bit of a worry that you're not right in the middle of it? That you're, you know, were you worried that would people come to? Yeah, we were a little concerned with that. Like, yeah. and we'd forecast that we weren't going to do much in the tap room and. Um, it was actually Richard from Bentspoke that was like, no, nah, mate, no, nah, you're going to crush it. Like, <laughs> you got to get a bigger cool room and all this sort of stuff. And I didn't mm. believe him. And, um, yeah, people have gone behind it and really really gotten out here because we're in, like, a weird industrial backwater here. Like, it's pretty pretty out there. So. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I just get the sense that it's kind of filling up around you at the moment. There's a, you know, there's a lot being being going on. We've got a, a kid's play centre going next door, which is a genius move. Because I, if I had kids, I know where I'd be bringing where I can park myself next door. But yeah, um, but yeah, and just the you know it's what two o'clock on a Tuesday and the place is pumping. We've had to we've had to come hide around the corner because it's too busy. We couldn't get a get a seat inside, which is which is awesome. Yeah, the liquor licensing laws here are really good. Like we have run a bunch of pubs before, and that that was sort of our background, and and just got more and more into craft beer through doing that. And when it came to building the venue, we we built it with a relatively small front of house and um, when it came to licensing out the front, which we hadn't even really thought about, yeah. liquor licensing was like, oh, yeah, we can give you uh, 690 people out the front. And we're like, Whoa, holy hey. shit. <laughs> so all of a sudden we got like a 960-person venue, um, yeah. which is which is full. Which is like pretty much every Sydney and West Brewery combined capacity is what you've got here. <laughs> yeah, so the tap room has been really great, like touch point for people to come and experience what we're about. And we do a lot of brewery tours and mm. we're, we're also very open with like information about stuff that we're doing yeah. um, for quality control and stuff that we're doing to improve safety and stuff that we're doing to improve efficiency and, and the working environment for our, for our crew, like guys and girls. Yeah. yeah. So, and that, that comes out in the brewery tour and it's a cool experience for people. That's great. Um, uh, it's something we were talking a bit before off mic, but um, you know, Canberra is this generation of craft beer scene. I, I would say this generation, cause there's been small independent breweries in Canberra for a long time. Um, but you know, I guess we're talking about things like Ben Spoke and yourself. It's it's a quite a young iteration, but it's um, some pretty serious operations. Being Canberra, born and bred, and being in the hospitality industry here, did you have the confidence that the, the market was ready for some pretty serious sized breweries? Or yeah, like I think that from being in pubs for a while, we knew that you know there was a bunch of thirsty people here. <laughs> that, um, but yeah, we didn't quite expect that the local community would be so into the breweries. Yeah. Um, and to have, you know, we are, us and Ben spoke a similar size and yeah, to get people really behind that, like we both probably sell, I don't know, 50% of our beer in the local market. Which is great. Which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So, and then, and that's like immediate Canberra. And then we really only stretch up to Newcastle um, and Sydney and down the coast. And, yeah. You know, we don't want to take over Australia. Um, just yet. Just. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Um, I forgot what your question was. Oh, <laughs> no, you pretty much answered it. It was just about, um, did you have that confidence that the, the local market was ready for some, well, for some serious sized breweries? Yeah, yeah, we started like relatively small. Like we only had three fifty heck tanks and yeah. a 26 heck brew house. But we sort of set it up so we could just add more tanks on as we went. Um, and that's, that's worked pretty well. Like we mm. just um, did a bit of forward planning with stuff like our glycol, our trade waste, and um, 
we've had to upgrade a bit of our refrigeration stuff, but we haven't had to like do a bunch of abortive works and yeah. and like scrap a whole bunch of gear. We've just built everything in a really nice modular way, so we can just add to it as we expand and. And that's worked really nicely with our refrigeration is a great example mm. um, because we use a lot less energy because we're in a three-stage modular system. So, you know, I won't go too much into it. I won't bore you. No, but no, yeah, no. Anyway, we didn't have heaps of confidence. That's why we started small and we've just grown over time. Yeah. yeah. He, he really, really wants to bore you. <laughs> that's the part. Are, are, we, are, are we here to talk about thermodynamics? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drop some of that knowledge on us, Lawrence. Um, well, we will get to that because there's a few, a few things you raised that I did want to touch on. But um, the first thing that really blew me away, so the reason why we're here, because I was here doing some training with you guys and your team yesterday, and something that I didn't really know that much about the brewery is such a focus on environmental, you know, the environmental impact of the brewery. And it was really, really great when we were doing the training yesterday that it wasn't just one person, it was multiple different people were asking, all right, if we do this, how's that going to affect our water waste or how's that going to affect this? Um, where is that value? Is that come from, from yourself and, and your partners or is it something that um, the teams come to? Because they seem to really have taken it on board. And what is that? What Do you have that on? Is there a vision you put down about what that is or is it just something that's just naturally happened? Yeah, so it's pretty just core to what we believe in is is trying to produce minimal waste and reduce our consumption of utilities we don't create a huge song and dance about it yeah um, because we don't believe in it being like a selling point a selling point like it's just something that we do yeah and it's something that every business should do and a lot of the times i see um businesses sort of harping on about it and it just seems a bit disingenuous yeah Um, yeah so yeah we do a lot of stuff in measurement so measuring all of that, and that's really the first stage of reduction in consumption. Is knowing what you is knowing what you're using, yeah, yeah. yeah and sense. and then being able to pinpoint down where that's happening. And you know, for example, we noticed, and I'll go back to refrigeration because mm, it's one yeah, of the yeah. most uh, energy intensive uses in the brewery. But we noticed that as it's getting hotter, our refrigeration motors are working a lot harder. So we've done a number of r- things to reduce that. And one of the kind of interesting things that we've done is installed a high-pressure misting jet system like you'd use in a beer garden. And in the cool room? In the, um, that sprays onto the condensing coils of oh, our fridge wow. motors. <laughs> and so they're sucking in this, like, pre-cooled air. Yeah. And the misting pump costs, like, it uses almost no electricity. Yeah. And it uses hardly any water because it's super high pressure. And um, it just really beautifully cools down the air going over those coils. And we get a, a drop of almost 45% in the head pressure of our refrigeration units. Wow. So they're using like so much less, um, yeah. so much less work is going on to, to condense the refrigerant, which yeah. is super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I think expansion is another thing I wanted to touch on. I guess, um, Joe and John, you guys have probably been one of the causes of the, reason, of the need for expansion by just going out and selling too much bloody beer. But um, it's you know you know it is my first time here, so you you know we're talking about the fact that the brewery's grown in stages as it's going along. Um, it's a big process now. Like you know, I think I've been here two days in the row, and there's it's not like I'm seeing the same three people here. There's there's a big team going on. Um, Even for us, like for Josh and I to just come down here from Sydney, it's probably been about I hate to say it, like two months since I've been here, and in those two months yeah. since I was last here. There's so many more people running around and everybody's doing something as well. Like the operation's just so well oiled and yeah. there's some really impressive things to see. And being in the sales team and events down in uh, up in Sydney, I should say, to just come back here and to get that refresher of the reason why we're doing it and just to meet everyone and re-engage, it's, 
it just adds to the growth that we're we're seeing. I, I feel especially in Sydney now that um, we've got Josh with us and obviously Tammy as well. Yeah, it's kind of daunting as well. You know, I've been here since the start of the year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, not long after I started, we were sort of looking at some forecasting and going, "Ooh, we're going to be in trouble on whether we can produce this beer." You know, and it's like. <laughs> Like, you know, within a couple of weeks, there was a you know, new tank come in and another one again. And, you know, for, for bigger the sales, it's like, it's sort of awesome we're growing to be like that. But it's also this, this uh, you know, responsibility that, you know, the boys have invested so much in doing it that we've now actually got to go and make sure they're full. And, yeah. you know, we've got, yeah. was it over 40 people working here now? Yeah, I think we've got 40, 44 on payroll. Wow. And That's I guess crazy. Like, one of the, yeah, one yeah, of the criti- huge amount of people. And yeah. one of the critical things there is that, you know, if... Say, for example, a major brewery produces a million litres of beer just to draw a number out of the air. Mm. They, um, they'll use 0.5 of a person. Yes. And an independent brewery, any one of the 450 around Australia, if they were to produce a million litres of beer, they'd employ 35 people in you know, across production, marketing, sales, mm. administration. And that's a really important number because when you're making that decision at the fridge door, like you can either be choosing to employ local people in the community or you can be choosing to send your money offshore. Mm. Um, and you can, yeah, be choosing to drink independently owned Aussie craft beer, whether it's from us or any of the other great breweries yeah. around. Yeah. So that's an important important factor. But going back to growth, like what's really important for us is that we never, we never compromise the quality of our product in order just to meet sales. So we've got to grow a really solid quality control program up behind everything that's going on so that, we never have a bad batch of beer leave the brew house. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly like one of the, it's one of my biggest focuses now is consistency, repeatability, um, and just making sure that everything that we're doing is like at a really high level and also safety then for the guys because yeah. yeah. it all forms into one melting pot. you got, what, 45 staff you're saying and yeah. you've got to ensure that each one of them is going to get home at the end of the night. And, um, but yeah, touching on that safety, for uh, sorry, on that... Uh, Quality control first. Um, uh, you guys have invested a lot of money recently in, you know, uh, testing your things like your DO. I saw your video on um, on Facebook about your new uh, testing your machinery for testing uh, DO in cans and stuff like that as well. Um, how are you finding that? Are you are you? We is it nervous? Ner- or sometimes you can put your head in the sands and go like, oh, well, I don't know what it is, so it's fine. Or yeah. like, is it a bit of a scary point when you're first putting that in the machine and going, oh shit, well, what are we actually going to read? Or yeah, it is. Yeah, because if you get a really high reading, well then, and you got beer already out in trade, it's all out there. Like, yeah, this... I mean, we're testing it before, it, you know, it'll, it'll come out in the first sort of half pallet of beer off yeah. the canning canning line. So if we do have a problem with the filler, we can then go ahead and fix it. And we're testing our seams really carefully as well, mm. and early on, so that we can fix it before it's like oh shit, we've got all these like poor seams out in the marketplace. So we've got this oxidized beer out in the marketplace. But um, yeah, for us, it's like, we're not a business that's like here for a couple of years and we're going to run know, a gun, yeah. go and buy a yacht and piss off. We're like, <laughs> we're about a long-term sort of thing. And if we put investment and time and energy and unfortunately money into quality up front, mm. that's going to pay off over the next 15 to 20 years. Mm. Um, and, and that's the kind of view that we take with this business is that, you know, we're, it's like we're going to be here through to retirement, hopefully. That's one of the things I've been really impressed with since, since you know, joining the Capital family. It's a, a genuine you know, care about the sustainability of, of not just the business, but the responsibility of those 45 people that work here. Yeah. About, it's not about selling beer now and, you know, discounting the price and, you know, 
getting yourself in trouble where in two years' time it might stop because mm. you've got like all these people's lives in the balance of you know their their work and yeah. everything like that. And yeah, it's it's really really good. And yeah, you see the you know, every week there's something new come and it's like, oh, Lawrence, how much did that cost? And he just goes a lot, <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it, it's, it's an investment for the future, though. One hundred percent. You know, yeah. and it's 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 really comfortable when you work somewhere to know that. Yeah. You know, it's it's got that really strong foundation. And taking that beer out and selling out in the market yeah. gives you a lot of confidence as well, right? I was going to say, like, all of that combined makes our roles, um, being a part of the family of capital in, in the sales team, so much so much easier because it all correlates to it, you know? Mm. Like, we, we could be setting up an event, what seems like just an easy event that we're just going to rock up to, but we're also invested in that, in the family and in what you guys are doing here, that it just... It just streamlined straight into what we're doing yeah. in, in Sydney especially and it, and it shows through our presentation when we're doing events and whatnot when we're speaking to our customers that we are part of this family and um, we're so stoked to have John at the helm and obviously Lawrence uh, down here in Canberra doing the awesome things he's doing that's Lawrence Kane on uh, Facebook if you haven't met him yet on, on CBC <laughs> Yeah, I saw you posted a, a video of me up yesterday. <laughs> bit of a fan of posting it's, strange things into the CBC page. It's like you just got permission to, um, like your missus just re-gave you permission to post things on social media again. It's like you, ha- you were year, like you're in jail for like social media jail. Just get excited about stuff, Jeff. <laughs> you get a new collection. I want to yeah. share it with 10,000 of my new best friends. It's even better when you sit next to him and he's like, what do you think, mate? Should I put it up? And I'll be like, it doesn't matter what I say, does it? He's like, no. I've got nine likes on that one. So speaking of quality beers, we've got some beers in front of us. What, yeah. What's everyone drinking? I got the uh, Summit Session XPA. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, it's lovely. I'm very much enjoying it. What about you, John? Man, I'm on the Evil Eye. Same with me. Yeah, yeah. red IPA. Mm. Like it's it, Considering it's like yeah, quite a warm day, lunchtime, it's, it's a yeah. very sessionable beer for, for the style it is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is probably the first... Capital B, I would have had as well. Was this one of the? It was one of the first. Releases, I bumped into right? you at Bucket Boys, and yes. uh, you were like, "Mate, that that evil eye." Yeah, that's yeah. a banger. I don't know if you say banger, but I just uh. <laughs> I'll do now. Does that yeah, sound yeah. like something you'd say, Liam? No, that's uh, probably it's sick. It's yeah, a banger. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. For sure, you've had it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been a really good treat uh, coming here to the brewery, and there's been a, a, a few beers on tap that I um, haven't tried before, didn't know existed. The popsicle. Sour was Tropical one. Popsicle. That's the one. Man, it's so yeah. good having you down here, dude. Why? I don't know. It's just <laughs> so far to drive to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yesterday was awesome, yeah? The, yeah. yeah. No, we had a really good fun day yesterday. Um, yeah. We had, what, 10 of the team were doing through some Cicerone training. Um, totally. And it was, I, I was saying before, there's like, you know, when I'm having fun doing those days, that it's a it's an awesome session. And yeah, it was really great fun hanging out with everyone and um, Definitely recommend it for sure. Yeah, anyone out there listening? Yeah, well, that's why you know if I get to run around and sit in breweries and talk about beer all day, I'm, I'm happy. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, you've done well, my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't their career path right on. So one of the last things, Lawrence, you, you talked about that I wanted to touch on is the the quality um, or safety. Sorry. Um, so you talked about that being a big priority. What what programs are you doing? What are you putting in place, and how's that? Basically, um, what we did was engage to. OHS company um, to come and do an assessment of the site. We had a basic safety management system when mm-hmm. we started. But they came and did a full assessment of the site and they really helped us out with a lot of um, sort of information and, and thought processes and and sort of document processes that we could go through. So we just created risk assessments for every area, you know, every process that, mm. that we that were involved in right through the sales guys unloading cases out of the back of cars and 
you know, if you're out on the road in Sydney and you break down in the M5 tunnel, what's the safe operating procedure for getting wow. out of yeah. that scenario? Yeah. Um, right through to the safe operating procedure for pressurizing a tank and um, CIPing it, for example, or producing what in the brew house or, you know, any of those kinds of things. And so when a staff member starts, it's not just like, oh, yeah, here's the keys, go for it. It's, it's very much like, all right, we'll induct you into how we do things here. And then these are the processes that you're allowed to perform because you've done, we've trained you in the safe operating procedures of them. Mm-hmm. So the keg washer has got a safe operating procedure. Taking the chemicals into the keg washer has got a safe operating procedure. So what we don't want is someone that starts, they get a jug of caustic, spill it on their face for some reason, mm. and then they can't see again, for example. And, yeah, yeah. You know, we want to avoid people having injuries so if we provide adequate training, and that's a cost to the business of providing mm. that training, but a bigger cost is having losing staff from the workforce because they're injured and they can't work. Um, and that's just a really shitty way to run an operation, we yeah. feel. Yeah. Like we sort of believe in a couple of core things. One of them is looking after our people and treating them with respect and looking after the environment um, and obviously brewing quality beer. And if we kind of feel like if we do those three things, the business mm. is going to really thrive and operate itself. And that's just not some bullshit that I spout out because – I think you could approach any of our staff and yeah. they'd probably highlight that we actually do those things. Well, even like having someone like Dan as part of your team is, you know, and community and engagement is a ma- well, majority of his role pretty much, right? Yeah. It's, mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing I was going to add on to that is like what really impresses me about a lot of the programs and things that you guys are doing, it's, it's sometimes a thing that a brewery that's like 10 years down the track can then go, oh, now we have the time and the resources to better implement some of these things. For a business that's so young to be able to put it in so early is really, really impressive. Um, so I, I think it's something that you really should be commended on, the fact that um, that it's putting all these things in place at this time where sometimes it's like, all right, now we've made a heap of money. Mm. Now we can actually, let's look after our staff. Let's do this, let's do this, and let's do that. So I think that's really impressive, something to be really proud of. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, we kind of look at it as like, well, what's the opportunity cost? Say, for example, environmentally, um, if we keep using bagged grain and sending those bags to landfill Mm. and using more transport than we could. Between now and six or eight years away, when we might install a silo, what's the environmental opportunity cost of doing that? So we've got a silo going in next month, and we just sort of sped that up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've worked with Cryomalt, who's supplying the silo and conveying system for us, and that's been awesome to get support from a bunch of our different suppliers in in initiatives that we're putting in place. Yeah. we kind of can sell the dream to them of why we want to do it and why we're here for the long term and then they come along for the ride. And they can get, a, which is, get behind it. It's really weird because it's like um, when I was in the States last year, like, and it's not necessarily breweries of a certain size, but silent, like bulk grain is dealt with very differently in other places than here in Australia. And there's not that many breweries doing silos in Australia at the moment. And it's, I don't know if it's a size thing or what, but um, it's really interesting to see that it's happening because it's something, it's one of those things I don't think of. It's like all those bags, those 25 kilo bags, what, what's going on with them? There's only so many um, satchel bags you can make out of it or seat covers. And, yeah. And, 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 yeah. Hey, what I've learned since I've been here, there's no beer on a dead planet, is there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's no beer on a dead planet. If you go sure. shopping with Lawrence, don't ever accept a plastic bag. <laughs> Or you will be panned for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I think we were we were going to an awards night and we went into a store. Batesy was looking for a pair of socks or a tie or something. Come on, I was making you buy a tie because yeah, you don't own one. I don't own a tie. And, and Batesy was going to accept the bag. Copped a scolding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing as a person since I've met Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> and one of the one of the cool things that we're doing, which I might mention, is yeah. we're about to install a worm farm 
like a fucking huge worm farm out the back. Um, I don't know if I can say the F word you on can. here, but it's yeah. pretty exciting. I've said one already, so you're getting a worm farm. <laughs> and so um, all of our non-recyclable waste is going to go to worm farm. Yeah, right. So even the even the paper trays that the burgers get served yeah, on, yeah, yeah. and any scrap waste from burgers, chips, and the paper can all go through the worm farm, which is really cool. So that'll get it installed, you know, first quarter next year, and then we can use the castings and the worm juice from that on our gardens, uh, you know, around the front. And and you grow on some hops on site and stuff like that as well. Is yeah, that right? just yeah. a bit of a bit of fun, bit of yeah. fun experiment. I don't think we'll quite get the yield that we need off there. To, <laughs> Not for a batch size here, to, but yeah, yeah. To use our um, yeah. yeah galaxy requirements for the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're also running a zero waste um, brew house in the sense that. Obviously, our grain goes to farmers, and that's everyone pretty much does that. It's easy. But all of our um, hop trub coming off the whirlpool um, and any sort of tailings off the, um, off the wart, they'll go into a 1,000-litre IBC container along with any spent yeast that we're not going to repitch. Yeah. So rather than those kind of water-soluble going down, um, the, drain. Going down yeah. the drain, they actually go to a local compost farm. Oh, wow. And they come and pick it up once a week. And, you know, we'll send probably six or 7,000 litres of that liquid to them a week. Wow. And um, so that all gets composted and then, yeah, grain goes to a local farmer, which most breweries do, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's no waste off that brew house cycle and now we're trying to eliminate all the waste in the tap room as well, which is cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of the last questions I had is what's next for Capital? Because there's so much going on, so much has happened already. Um, you know, we talked about some of the initiatives you've got going on, but what, um, what can consumers expect to see in the next six to 12 months? Well... I think we're really early in our journey still in, yeah. in terms of you know where we're sitting in in you know pubs and clubs and and in retail land, um, but we've got some pretty solid locked in strategies and and the most important one of that is exceptional customer service with with great quality beer, so we don't want to expand too, too rapidly like you know there's no point in just chasing the next shop or the next pub until mm-hmm. and you know, until we've really sort of done what we can um, in the ones that we're already in and you know if you if you look at Canberra. For example, like you know, um, between the local breweries here with, with you know us and Ben Spoke yeah. and Zier Hole and you know, the, the the other brew pubs and distilleries, you know, there's the, some distilleries yeah, like and underground spirits and a few others, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the the uptake from the Canberra community of, of support has been has been phenomenal, yeah. And if you go back, you know, even as, as close as three or four years ago, you know, there was you know a lot of bottle shops that you could go into and you had a, had a limited range of craft. And there was a few specialist bottle shops that yeah. did a great job where, you know, it'd, it'd be almost impossible to walk into a bottle shop in Canberra now that doesn't stock local beer. Yeah. You know, and, and in prominent position and generating income for those bottle shops and, and the like. So that's really good. So I, what we want to do is just, you know, keep educating the consumers. As Lawrence mentioned earlier, you know, as many people as we can talk to about our brewery and about the beer we do, yeah. you know, and we have customer groups in here consistently. So, you know, we, we are, and part of the reason we did the Cicerone training yeah. yesterday is, yeah. you know, if we can, you know, educate uh, the consumer, like one person a day at, you know, at a time about, about beer, well, we're all going to grow together. We're yeah. going to grow that percentage of the market. And, and in Sydney, it's, it's the same. Like we've got, uh, We've got, got a big Joe. team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got a really big team, and, and there's a reason for that. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's one sort of you know building for the future, but it's because like, we want to provide exceptional customer service, and you, know, you can't do that 
if you're stretched and you know and from from a from an enjoyment and cultural part of you you know you don't want to be working all week working every beer festival and then two years later you're burned out you know you want to be able mm-hmm. to spread that and you also want to have mateship right yes you know it yeah, can be yeah, a pretty yeah. lonely job and like on yeah. the road I was a rep for a long time and it's like you know you, you're constantly on the phone ringing you know you're repping Wagga or the one out here yeah. just you know hey man I'm, 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 am I shit at yeah. this like well can you not sell this as well you know yeah, it's yeah. Like, so yeah that, like that's hopefully you know the next 12, 18 months and, yeah, and, and for ongoing. Hopefully if someone deals with the capital but they know that what we what we say we'll do and yeah. you know, we'll add value to their business. Block us in for a tasting, we'll come and do it and yeah. you know, hopefully try and you know, make their business more profitable. Yeah, and I, I think um, from someone who's, you know, this is the first time in this trip that I've come to visit the brewery, I'd say come on down here. It's a really awesome space. And the other thing I was going to say is um, it's great to see that, um, you know, wanting to invest in the customer service and all like that. But it kind of wasn't lacking to begin with. One of the things I was really blown away with the training session yesterday is the base levels and the things that we're talking about and recommendations. And half of them, or most of them, was already happening anyway. So it was really cool to see that. Um, that um, and it's not just coming from the top. You've got a, a team that's really inspired and really wanting to do more things. And it's really, really cool. When was the last time you were here in Canberra? Um, would have been about a year ago. Yep. And, um, be- and before then? Two years ago. Two years, eh? Yeah. Do you yeah. see it as a, as a place, do you see it growing, like with its culture and, you know, the uh, the breweries popping up, obviously, well, and, I think, and the craft distilleries and yeah. the coffee and the food and the restaurants and the bar scene? I think 100%. And, like, you know, Canberra is a very different city to everywhere else in Australia. It's a, it's a built city based for government. And, like, you know, mm. you're walking around the CBD and every second office building has a government department sign on the front of it. And that's what Canberra is about. And I think Canberra always had this notion of, I'm being placed in Canberra for six months to a year. Yeah. I'm not going to buy a property. I'm just going to ride out this placement. I'm going to get, get out of town. But I think now um, uh, this, it's developing. And it's like, well, if I'm going to be here for work, I want to live here. And I want to have some really nice things in here. Like, you know, the level quality of restaurants, yeah. uh, bars, um, coffee, yeah. breweries. And there's a big symbiotic relationship between all those things. They feed off each other. Is um, every, you know, before it's like, all right, you go to Braddon and there's like one block, yeah. and that's where everything cool is, and that's where you go. Well, did, you grow, did you grow up in the inner west? Um, I grew up in Sydney, but Sydney. I yeah, all across, so m- more North Shore. The more honest. friends yeah. I bring down here, whether it's for my birthday or just coming down to the brewery, the more people that I grew up in the inner west, just like, fuck, yeah, some it's changing. Like we, oh, the, the impression yeah. that my friends had of Canberra is the complete opposite of what they experienced when we were here. We, we call it, for us that have grown up here our entire lives, we call it the, Get gold, out. the, golden, <laughs> the golden triangle. What? Because, because if you want to go surf, it's two hours away. Yeah, if, you yeah, want, yeah. if you want to go ski, it's two hours away. And if you want to go get shit-faced where you don't know anyone in Sydney, it's two and a half hours away. <laughs> that used to be because it was pretty bland, though, and you had to go two hours everywhere. Like 20 years ago, it was, it was For the a last one, you don't city. have to go two and a half Absolutely. hours away anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's rad. I think it's worth It's an awesome place to live, and the, yeah. the environment here is like, we're so lucky to be here because we've got the Brindabella Wilderness right on our doorstep. Totally. And what that does for us is it supplies some of the purest water probably on earth to brew with yeah so like if i go and look at a water filter in sydney it's like the size of a small truck and then when we specified our water filter here and we got the water done up at the lab and you know talked to the filter experts they were like oh you just need this and it's like this tiny little filter because we've got like like, something like, someone's got under their kitchen sink yeah almost sort of yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we've got um we've got we've got such beautiful clean water here because we've got the bush right on our back doorstep yeah. and for us that sort of grew up here and and batesy as well 
you know, we spend a lot of time up there. And, yeah, we're all super into, like, backcountry skiing. We do a Christmas in July trip where we all ski up to this hut. And last <laughs> year, right, we took a shitload of beer. Yeah. But we didn't finish brewing until late. And then we didn't leave until about 8 o'clock at night. So we got to the car park at 11. And we skied eight kilometers in the dark to this hut, which was, like, and we didn't get that till 2 in the morning. And um, then the next night we had this massive party, like heaps of beer. And like, is that when you took a bathtub and put the bathtub? Oh on no, that place? was that was another time. We got a wood fired hot tub as well, right, which we take tub. up to the snow river. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of vibes that go on on the weekends around these parts. Nice. But one thing that you sort of said before is what can people expect from us? And I think the most important thing that people can expect from us is that when you buy our beer every time or when you get it, whether it's tap or it's a or it's a can, we're going to put as much energy into making sure that it's a really quality experience that you have. And we're going to be as transparent as possible about it as well. So you can make a purchasing decision on, hey, it's got a best before and a canned on date. Yeah. Do I yeah. want to buy this or not? Has it been like handled badly and been stored in supply chain for too long? And probably our biggest focus, one of our biggest focuses now outside of the brewery is field quality. So making sure that retailers are working with us to rotate their stock and they're not keeping amb- ambient displays and making sure that you know we're doing so much work in the brewery on quality that the re- our retail partners also support us in that which is super yeah. important i think it's a uh, really highly commendable and the uh, consumers are getting more and more educated every single day and i think it's um and i think it's it's, it's such a, a necessary thing now and Besides all that, like as we were saying yesterday, as you're brewing awesome beer here, you want to make sure that consumers can get it as you know as close to as possible as that's leaving the brewery. So absolutely, otherwise it's all for nothing, right? Yeah, exactly you know, right. Yeah. Like we've been we've been really lucky. We had Josh join the team this year. He's a certified Cicero yeah. and, and pretty much the first project he, he took up for as well as we'd you know we'd been you know we'd been managing our field quality in a you know in, a, in an effective way, but we hadn't documented it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and part of this. Yeah, into even like our safety with SAPs. Uh, Josh come mm-hmm. on board, developed that program for us, and that's how we do it now. Yeah, know? great. So. Yeah, well done. Sessionable. Ever been in the work function and it's just cheap drinks on a boat for like the fifth year in a row, and you think to yourself, ugh, I wish I was doing something fun? Well, Dave's Travel and Events Group can help you out with that. With Dave's Events, they can hook you up with some great team-building activities like axe-throwing, or they can curate a nice degustation matched with some good beer. Or they can even help you brew your own beer for your staff and clients. Whatever your needs, Dave's Events can customise an awesome local beer experience for your workplace. So it doesn't have to be just drinks in a boat. Although it can totally be drinks in a boat. For more info, check out daves.com.au. Um, Alright guys, we might uh, start to wrap it up there. But before we do, why don't we start in sessionable fashion with some non-beer recommendations? Oh, I've got a great one. Um, oh, you're, you're keen. Get into it. Go I've first. got a great one. Does... Anybody watch Stan shows? As in the on-demand? On-demand streaming Stan. There's this program coming direct from the US at the moment called Escape from Danamora, I think it is. Oh, it's got um, Patricia Arquette in it. Phenomenal actor. Um, Benicio Del Toro. I love Benicio Del Toro. And that dude, that creepy dude out of um, There Will Be Blood, who was the pastor in that movie. Anyway... Wicked show. It's an absolute banger. Um, <laughs> That's my new term now, apparently. <laughs> um, it's just about, I, I believe it's going to be about prison breaks. Hasn't really got there yet. It's building yeah. up. Phenomenal acting. About time, because I just finished Sinner and I'm, I'm in. Awesome. They got me. So, yeah. Escape right. from Dan Moore is my non-beer recommendation. Good one. That's yeah. on my to-do list. I'll Do check it, that man. Out. You'll love it. Batesy? And mine's... 
probably catch, come and visit the capital. You yeah, know, get out camping. I'm, a, yeah, I'm yeah. an avid camper. Like I'm out with my kids as often as I can, and you know, come down here. There's, we've got the Cotter Campground, 20 minutes out of town on the river. You can fish and swim. Mm-hmm. You know, plenty to do down here. Come visit the brewery. I think we've got seven brewery brew pubs here now. Yeah, come down and visit. It's definitely worth it, and it's not as bland as everyone used to say. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> no definitely way not. No, no. Is it? I think it's lots of things to do. Um, you know, we've got our, our Shano, our local Dave's, Dave's Brewery Tour uh, guide, doing some awesome tours around all the venues and distilleries here. And there's, um, there's no excuses for not being able to make it, I think, if you're in Canberra. Yeah, if you like booze, food, and plenty of parking, <laughs> this is the place. And not much traffic. <laughs> yeah, and not much traffic. Yeah. You need, you need uh, Shane to add like a swim at the river or something at the end of the tour. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's got some cool things he's working on. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Lawrence. Yeah, so my non-beer recommendation is the Light to Light Walk down in Benboid National Park. It's just a couple of hours south, and it starts on a peninsula with the lighthouse and who walks along the coastline for about 35 kilometres. 35? And there's two different campsites that you can... You, so you can do it over three days. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, we did it last November, and um, we had a support crew that... Uh, just some mates of ours... When yeah. you say support crew, they just beer delivery. Beer people. delivery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And beer yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Snags and beers. <laughs> and yeah, you can either carry all your stuff between the campsites or you can uh, engage a support crew for beer. And nice. they, they set up, they brought beer and food and everything to each campsite. And um, we all t- sort of took turns doing that, actually. And it's a beautiful walk. It's really close to the, the Canberra. And you can, you know, if you're in Sydney, you can stop through. Mm-hmm. Um, go check that out. Um, it's a light to light walk in Ben Boyd National Park. And what do you reckon is the best time of year to do that? Uh, probably a good time is like spring, like late spring, because yeah. you see a lot of migrating whales. Oh, wow. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you take a harpoon, you can probably get one if it's really close to the shore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, is that like, part of the capital ethos? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah, but um, November, you know, mid to late November is a really great time yeah, yeah. Um, because it's just starting to warm up. You get the migratory whales, um, a lot of bird life. We saw like 15 lyrebirds down there, which wow. is just crazy. Wow. Like I've never seen anything like it. Um, but I actually came down with shingles on the second day. Jeez. Oh, my God. And so I ended up confined to a hammock in the campsite. Uh, it was pretty gnarly. Like visible shingles or invisible shingles? No, just like serious pain and... Yeah, it was pretty weird. Damn. It was a weird scene. Yeah, I had some ghost shingles once upon a time. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to the doctor. I know, right? Went to the doctor and had these pains in the back of my shoulder. And I'm like, there's, it sounds like you have shingles. I'm like, you can't see the shingles. He's like, yeah, it's because they're ghost shingles. I'm like, the fuck, dude? You just made that up. (laughs) I must have had ghost shingles too. And here's my bill. (laughs) Show me your doctor's certificate and credentials because you just can't make up a word like that, mate. Um, I feel like my non-beer recommendation is really crap after that. That was awesome. Oh. <laughs> but I was going to recommend another show that I've been watching recently. Um, you know, I'm in Canberra. There's government everywhere. Um, I've finished watching something on ABC iView called Pine Gap. Uh, um, yeah. So Pine Gap's a, a shared Australian-American uh, surveillance and intel base, which is out at Alice Springs. It's a, a real place. And there's an awesome, uh, like, six-part miniseries uh, based on drama based on, like, some spy stuff and Chinese mm. governments and stuff like that, which is quite apt with all the hacking and everything that's going on right now. But, yeah, it's on ABC iView, and, wow. um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Smashed it out in a very short period of time. How did you get onto that? Like, um, I was just hungover one Sunday yeah. and was on ABC trying to find iView. something to f- f- watch online. It was on AB- ABC iView, and it's Pine Gap. I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Sound- have a crack at that. And, and I gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Hook, line, and sinker. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Pine Gap? Pine Gap. Pine Gap, yeah. Pine Gap. Well, it yes. relates to their secret base. Um, which is the, the name desert. of the base, yeah, which is a real real yeah, right. thing. So it's part of... Um, it's where they'll probe your asshole. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, 
you know, apparently it's where they control, like, it's part of a five-part satellite series that covers the world, basically. Damn. And it's a Australian and American government run, but it's on Alice Springs, and it's um, where they control a lot of drone strikes and stuff like that as well. So it's pretty gnarly, but yeah. Awesome. But um, beer recommendations. Oh, um, oh, was it the can? It's called the Underarm by Chur. Did Chur Brewing. Chur oh, Brewing Underarm, yeah. and it was a piss take on the Australian cricket team. <laughs> so the outside label um, the to the touch is like sandpaper. <laughs> <laughs> right? Awesome. Um, no shit. I got it from so um, shout out to yeah. Tate. Um, out at Liquor Emporium in St. Peter's, but <laughs> he sold it. I think the team there sold me a can of it, and I was blown away. It was a delicious IPA. Really nicely balanced, beautiful aroma, rated it very highly. So, yeah, underarm by, uh, by Cherbering out of New Zealand. Yeah, yeah I think so it's good. His name's Andrew, I think, out of there. He's been brewing yeah. some, some cracking stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've been at a couple of festivals. Maybe? They were at Gab's last year, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen them. I don't know if they're at mm. Cheers or if they're coming to Sydney Beer Week or not. I'm not sure. but uh, I don't know. I don't think they've been around too much. But yeah, they're brewing some really cool beers. Chur. That means yes. thank you, right? Chur, bro. Chur's like sick as bra. Like, Chur, bro. Yeah. It's Chur. Like something really good. C H U R. Yeah. A C. <laughs> uh, the salesperson in me wants to tell you to try one of our beers, so I will. Like, uh, if you haven't tried our Summit XBA, get on that. But, but my recommendation, I can't go past yesterday's training, the, the Madame Rose. Yeah, uh, Goose like, Island. It, it yeah. was like one of those beers, like it's like pretty aggressive at the first sip and then just so complex and changes the longer you, you know, and the more you drink it. So, yeah. yeah. I think Joe sold all the Tammies and, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> we, we, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone who didn't finish it straight away certainly got, uh, yeah. got hoovered up. That was a it was, it was, That's a cracking beer. It, yeah, it's uh, funny because, you know, I was saying like, oh yeah, sometimes yeah. with these tart beers you need a bit of it settled mm. in your palate. As I was saying it, I was doing the same thing myself and then after about three sips, I was like, oh, this beer is oh, man. really good. That yeah. first sip, I felt it in my coccyx. Yeah. <laughs> Not one to do with a tasting, right? <laughs> no. Ooh. Yeah, but like I was talking to Josh about it, it's like, damn, man, it just grew on me. Like, mm. Madam Rose by Goose Island, eh? Yeah. yeah. And what, you can just pick that up anywhere? Um, I got that from Bucket Boys. I think uh, at the moment, it's part of what they call their Sour Sisters range. Yeah, right. And they're actually pretty well priced, like 20 to 30 bucks a bottle for those 750 mils. Yeah. Um, there's the Lolita, which is a tart saison, which is also really nice. Yeah. Madam Rose is probably my favorite out of out of the lot. Um, That's a good one. But yeah, they're out, they're out and about, yeah. I wouldn't be upset if you forgot your other bottle and left it here. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, there's another brewery which might be a little bit upset um, if I don't bring that for their taste. Oh, we better play nice yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they might just get a magical something in the mail. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so mine is um, from Sailor's Grave down in Orbe. Boss, and it's I think it was a brown ale with mushroom, um, and it Ooh, was yum. yeah, it was a mushroom ale, um, and it was incredible. It was like it was it was so delicate and subtle with the mushroom, and just a beautiful malt profile, great balance from the hops, and they just done a phenomenal job with it. And it was a really interesting concept to use the mushroom in the beer, and I wasn't sure how it was going to work. Have you tried so, any yeah. of his beers? I've tried a fair few of the sailors. They great. do some weird, yeah. weird yeah, stuff. They though. do some interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's such a legend as well. I rolled down Victoria Way and dropped into a place called Marlow, which is right nearby Orbost. And I looked, being in the industry where, and I looked up breweries nearby, and Sailors Grave popped up. So I started frothing. I'm like, what? <laughs> so you go to Google, and uh, it's his, it's his bloody number on Google to contact oh. the business. <laughs> I've got so it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to give him a call. Gave him a call. He answered. He's like, yeah, come on through. We're just about to throw the oysters in. What? Yeah, it was the I've most got a, amazing um, experience. I've actually got the proper info on the beer now. Ah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Take, take a little <laughs> advice on the side here. Yeah. Into the Pines. Uh, ale brewed with 
pine and slippery jack mushrooms foraged by their mates at Hoggett Kitchen. Wow. And we believe pine needles too. Yeah, it was a really good beer. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't had something from Sellers for a little while, but everything I've had from those guys I've really enjoyed. I've been cracking beers. Yeah. All right. Um... What am I going to go? I was thinking the Madame Rose. You stole my one. That was, oh, sorry, that man. was a cracker. No. Um, I'm going to go with the, the beer I had first today from you guys was the, um, I'm going to butcher the name, the Popsicle. Tropical, Tropical Popsicle. Popsicle. Tropical Popsicle Sour, which is uh, cracking. It's banging, Joe. It's a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was great, refreshing, nice beer to start the day with. Yeah. Um, I had one yesterday when I came back today. I was like, oh, I know what I'm starting with. I'm having one of those. It was great. I wonder what it would taste like poured over the top of some really good quality vanilla ice cream. Dump a frosty Can fruit I, in the middle yeah, of it. Dump a frosty fruit like in the middle right? Yeah. Can yeah. I just tell you that the amount of fruit that we put into that beer was eye-wateringly large? <laughs> <laughs> Wade, Wade showed me the, the, the bill for the, for the fruit product, at, the fruit purees. So we got these really high-quality fruit puree yeah. that goes into it, fresh fruit puree. It was like I think it was forty five dollars a keg, wow! Um, and it was we just fucking went for it. We put it the fruit puree into the dry hop cannon and just pumped it through, and um, yeah, it was it was blistering. Yeah. There's the yield as well, right? Yeah, the There's a little tear coming yeah. your eye every time it pours yeah. over the bar. No, no, it's, <laughs> a, it's a it's a great beer. It's a great beer. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, um, a, it's a cracking beer, and that's a nice thing. Like, is that we've got a little two and a half thousand liter tank that we can do experimental stuff like that in, and yeah, and we have a lot of fun with that. So. Yeah, but I just couldn't believe the amount of fruit that went into it. <laughs> yeah. And that one's going out into the market as well. I've only got a couple of kegs, but or any of the specialty kegs we put out, we've got a, a panel, so we, yeah. you know, it goes on tap here. We have, like, you know, trying to avoid seller palate. You know, we sort of come back to it a little while after after the hype's gone. You know, we get pretty excited when when we taste it out of the tank and everything. And, you know, we've got a, a Tim from Page Bottle Shop tasted that one for us, um, you know, as a non-staff member and, yeah, got the thumbs Past up. Master. So it's, yeah. it's out, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so if you get, um, if you're uh, around town and you see that somewhere, my recommendation, grab it. Um, guys, I'm going to say thank you very much for letting me uh, come hang out at your brewery for a couple of days. Thanks for it's having It's been us. awesome. Thanks um, for coming. Yeah, yeah. no, absolute pleasure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's been really eye-opening coming and spending some time with you guys. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very yeah. much. No, I loved having you. It was awesome. Yeah. Massive Thanks, fans of the show. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Lifelong goal for you. Guys, yeah. review. Review, review. <laughs> Long-time listeners, first-time podcaster. First-time yeah. podcasters. Hopefully not the last time. Yeah. Lawrence has got a good head for podcasting. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. I think that was an insult. It's yeah. a backhand. Take it as backhanded. I've got to go down to the tap room. I've got to meet the... Um, Venue manager, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Um, we'll catch you soon. See you later. See you, man. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.